everyone, Noor Tagore here, and you're listening to In Progress, An Imperfect Journey Navigated. And this podcast is presented by Girl Boss Radio in partnership with Toomey. So over the course of 10 episodes, we will be going on a journey together. We'll be deep diving with the best and the brightest female founders, entrepreneurs, and creatives out there, and offering you the motivation you need to transition from where you are to where you want to be. These brilliant women, and I mean brilliant, will be dishing out real-world advice for self-development on the go so you can dare to change direction and so you can live a more fulfilling and productive life. You know, the life you deserve. Let's go. Today's topic is one that is near and dear to my heart, and it is nurturing self-love. Self-love in itself tends to be a journey and you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. I have good days and bad days, but we really want to get to a point where we're maintaining a great level of learning to love ourselves because learning and truly loving yourself is the way that you can be the best version of yourself in whatever it is you're going to tackle that day and really living your purpose and All of it just comes together. So today we're talking about nurturing self-love with wellness educator Candice Kumai. She is a Japanese-American chef, writer, author of six best-selling books, and fellow podcaster. Elle Magazine calls her the golden girl of wellness, and she continues to evolve every day with the wellness world. Welcome, Candice. Hey, Noor, how are you? I am doing well. I'm so excited for our conversation today. It's something I feel like I've needed for a while (laughs) and I've been looking forward to. And it's really, I think, kind of touchy sometimes when you get into talking about self-love and self-care because it becomes a really personal conversation. So I'm really excited to have you know, this vulnerable and personal conversation with you because this is something that you have prioritized for years. How about we start with defining both self-love and self-care because I think that it'd be good to have a definition from you getting into the conversation so people kind of know where your mind's at. Sure. Growing up in Southern California with immigrant parents, we have a lot in common my mother's Japanese, my father's Polish-American, mm-hmm. and my parents raised my sister and I to believe that education and being a good person, being honest and authentic, was very important. And so I think love in our family growing up with an Asian mother was more like hot food on the table, mm. staying on schedule, being to school and leaving school and going to extracurricular activities on time. It was about always giving your best, which is this Japanese term, gambate, which you say to one another in Japanese, ne, which means always do your best, do your best, we're watching you. <laughs> um, and there was sort of that, um, you know, immigrant parent over my shoulder, making sure that I was always doing the right thing. And now it's more like, are you paying your bills? Are you paying your taxes um, on time? And back when I was a kid, it was more about, you know, Let's make sure that we are taking great care. The Japanese tome, kyotsukete, refers to taking good care of yourself and paying attention. So I think we can recognize a little bit more 
on self-love when we actually pay more attention. So practicing mindfulness can help to lead to what feels good, what doesn't feel good. So right now, Nora, I'm actually navigating how to simplify my life because I think simplifying means self-love and self-care. It's going to make everything a little bit easier. When you were talking about your upbringing and how your parents were, I was just like, yep, yep, that was me. That was me. (laughs) And like, they kind of smother you with that. Now you realize it's love. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, you guys are just always on my back. Yes. Um, But it, it, it was instilling that foundation that leads you to be able to recognize this today about yourself and, and, and how you need love and how you define care from others and for yourself. How have you implemented this in your daily life now as an adult? Wow. Um, This is so powerful because this is something very recent that I've learned into my early 30s. I started to recognize I am not successful. I believe my parents are quite successful. Mm. So my mother and father, although very tough on my sister and I, they never said, you're beautiful, you're fabulous, you're amazing. Uh Uh-uh. It was, you know, you better pay your bills on time. You better (laughs) make sure you are not smacking your lips. When you are on the Today Show, you clap your hands too many times. (laughs) It was always creative criticism, right, from my mom. The first time she ever saw my book, Pretty Delicious, Nora, I was like 26, wrote my first solo book with Rodale. She goes, oh, yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's like such an such an immigrant parent answer. That's such so, a, and you have to take that yeah. as because because you know when you're not around, she's taking that oh, book yeah. to all her friends, and it's just like look what my daughter is doing. But I guess the greatest lesson that I've learned is that my parents in instilling morals and values by showing my sister and I and not telling us was the greatest form of education and experiential learning Mm. that my sister and I could have ever have gained. So if girls like us, and that includes everyone listening, if we can be a better example and remember like someone's watching you all the time, maybe it will help us to all better improve. I feel like a lot of times when it comes to self-love specifically, the lack of self-love that is heavily Mm. held by a lot of people today comes from insecurities um, about feeling alone or about feeling not good enough, whatever that might mean, or um, feeling like you might be behind or not where you want to be. And the reality is, and I've I've learned this kind of along my own journey, is that most of the people that you're looking up to have insecurities too and are dealing with their own sense of imposter syndrome or lack of self-love. And no matter what they might be putting out there on Instagram or Twitter or mm. on the cover of Forbes, like everybody's going through something. And I think that realizing that, like truly realizing that and talking about it helps people understand that, hey, I'm exactly who I need to be. I'm exactly where I need to be right now. Um, so let me learn to love me today. It's interesting to me that people find us to be so authentic and real because I'm like, dude, is everybody else out there just like so fake? 
Because it's like, it's nice that you and I have both been able to take our mask off and say, this is me. I really don't give a fuck if you like me or not. I have a story to share. And I think by being myself, by being vulnerable, by being real and telling you about my hardships, the tough times, the imperfect times, the middle, the gray area, by showing you who I am, I feel that we will be able to relate and connect. 100%. And I think, right? I think that's like the most important thing right now, especially because so many women are still struggling to understand that, yes, you will have it harder than men. Yes, you will have it tough. No, it is not easy living in New York City and running my own business coast to coast on my own. But I have a job to do. And I would much rather be doing this and working through the pain and making progress than sitting back at a nine-to-five that I hate every day. And I want women like us to keep doing our thing because I feel like when you fall in love with your work and you work for the people versus profit, it might take a little bit longer. But in the end, we can fill our cup full of character and grace and integrity instead of money and power and beauty. Some of those things are not important. And when you die, you can't take them with you. But a legacy is one that I would like to pave and leave, even if it means pioneering a path that has never been taken before. Toomey time! In addition to being our partners with this very podcast, our friends just launched the most beautiful line of handbags, channeling that same gorgeous, timeless aesthetic of their luggage. These babies have been tailored specifically for your everyday hustle in whatever step of your journey you're on right now. Whether you're looking to pick up a new classic in luxurious leather or a nylon number that's as adaptable as you are, these gorgeous bags add a luxurious element to your day, carrying through your workday and beyond. Check them out at toomey.com. Something I actually want to talk about a little bit later because um, I truly believe like when you are your most authentic self, mm -hmm. even if it's not kind of paying the bills right now for you to right. pursue your passion or your purpose, um, that you always end up being more successful when you stay on that route than trying to be anybody else. But you can't really start any of that until you know how to look in the mirror and, and, and say, hey, you're freaking amazing and you deserve <laughs> all of the blessings that are going to come your way today because if you're talking down on yourself or if you're hmm. kind of beating yourself up over whether it's life circumstances or situations that you can't really change in the past, you're blocking that opportunity and you're blocking those blessings. So I think we should give some tips to the people who are listening on what you do every day to affirm to yourself, hey, I love you. And by you, I mean me. And by me, I mean like <laughs> you in the mirror. Um, and you deserve everything good today. I can't tell you how I swear the universe, God, Buddha, whoever is watching over, somebody's watching. They always put the right thing right in front of me at the right time. Just on my way over here in the city, I thought about this. So... I, I do try to prioritize sleep as one of my number one wellness practices because, number one, it's free. Number two, it's easy. And it's just a scheduling thing. So everybody can start getting a good eight hours. 
I certainly cut down the amount of alcohol that I consume now. I don't consume a ton of sugar or dairy mm. or meat, and I feel my head is very clear. My body's very light. When I wake up in the morning, which I did today, I took care of whatever I needed to do, made a matcha for myself, took a few deep breaths. Sometimes I have time to meditate with Deepak. Sometimes um, it's just petting my cat or calling a friend. I'll sit on my bed and I follow this Oprah Deepak meditation every morning. And I just, I have fallen in love with both of them. Oh, they're um, both the like magical. I actually reread yeah. The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success. And in and, and what you were talking about, that's why I was just like, wait, what? The universe is coming full circle right now. It is. So basically, we just put it on our goal list to meditate in person with Deepak, right? Right now? Yeah, we and we will. And we, <laughs> I, I have once before, but it wasn't, it was in a large group. So maybe it'll be more intimate. Um, but yeah, I mean, that in itself is like a reset. And also, after I ran this morning, I said, Remember, every day you have an opportunity to reset your mind. Well, sorry, what does that mean for you to say, like, every every day you have the opportunity to reset your mind? How? I mean, it's easy to say that, but how do you actually put that in practice? Because if you had a horrible day yesterday or some you're going through a bad breakup or you just got fired or whatever it is, how is it possible for you to wake up and just be like, okay, whew. Today, I'm going to reset and start fresh. I have the opportunity right now to clean this slate. So when we talked earlier about how pursuing your dreams doesn't always mean making a lot of money. Sometimes it means making a lot of sacrifice. And so I'm actually thinking to myself, why didn't I write my Japanese travel series? It's always been my dream. It's always been in me. I've been going to Tokyo since I was five years old, and it's part of my legacy. And so I said, maybe simplifying to me means not being in my dream apartment anymore and downsizing and actually putting my time and money towards the travel series that I've always dreamed of. So these are actionable things I'm doing. Like you might want to consider doing the KonMari method, which is getting rid of items that no longer serve you. It could be people. It could be furniture. It could be old photos. It could be old documents, mail that's been stacking up. Oh, I your pantry. love that. Yeah. Can you, sorry, can you repeat <laughs> that phrase? The KonMari method. Yes. So um, Marie Kondo came out with a great book. Okay. And it's about um, the magic of tidying up. The magic so of tidying we, up. Yes. And what we want to practice in this instance is discarding things mm. that no longer serve you. But I always take it to another level where I say, you know, maybe that also includes work that's not serving you. So my colleagues and I have had these conversations about how I don't want to do a lot of free work anymore. Because what was happening is girls like you and I get approached to do work for PR, but it stacks up and it eats away at your free time. And so you have to assess what jobs you want to take on strategically and think about your return on your investment of time. And time so, right now, especially you realize that time actually is more valuable than money. And when you truly realize that time 
cost more, then you know how to say yes and no to opportunities. Yes. I was reflecting on what you were saying about Hmm. the simplifying because I know my life, when my life is chaotic, which oftentimes it is, (laughs) um, I become extra messy. (laughs) And so, and my husband is in the room right now and I know he's like (laughs) judging me because he's always running around cleaning up like my messes and instead of uh just asking why I'm so messy he'll just be like what's on your mind like what's going on because that's kind of like my outward reflection on that and and the thing that makes me feel like I can breathe and I'm saying that as I'm breathing is when I'm more organized when I'm doing like kind of like closet purges and I'm getting rid of anything and everything that I just don't need anymore because it makes me feel so much better when I kind of have that space and just that simplicity and that minimalism because it's a reflection on what's going on in your mind and and I know um Oftentimes when anybody's cleaning out their closet or uh, their workspace or whatever it is, it always feels like you can just take a deep breath after. And there's always something you can get rid of, but that's just kind of my thought on that. So to recap on the things that you do to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and to remind yourself that I love me today, um, getting your eight hours if you can, Mm -hmm. prioritizing sleep, clean eating, cutting out things that you know make you foggy, don't make you feel good, being able to breathe and meditate, which meditation is something a lot of people talk about, but it's not easy when when you're starting out and it's not supposed to be easy, but it's one of those things that you just have to be consistent with. And if you are starting out with it, just start with breathing because your body will react to you taking that time to breathe exercise and gratitude, which is something I relate to a lot as well, whether that's starting a gratitude journal um, or saying thank you along mm. along the way during your day. Um, but gratitude is huge. Also, side note with gratitude, um, especially when you're kind of in a dark, rough place, having a gratitude journal or listing three things that you're grateful for every single day, like three new things that you're grateful for every single day has been absolutely life-changing for me. And I realized, and by realized, I mean I read, um, that the reason for that is because when you are listing out things daily that you're grateful for, you rewire your brain to be able to recognize the good in every experience and everything throughout your day because you're making sure you're in tune with saying, like, this is something I'm grateful for, this is something good. And then in a terrible situation, you're immediate instinct will to look for the positive in it, to look for the good in it. And that in itself reminds you and teaches you to kind of feel good internally um, and to react to things in the best way. So when you mentioned gratitude, all of that was just at the top of my mind. And that was something that I do personally. Mm. And if you're struggling with the self-love aspect of things, saying three things that you love about yourself every single day can be life-changing because you end up finding like daily affirmations you can mention. And also it just rewires your brain to look for the things that are beautiful about you and that you love about yourself. So those are a couple of 
my side thoughts. And then the last thing that you mentioned, which is discarding things that do not serve you. And I think that is absolutely profound because like we were just talking about, it's one of those kind of detox methods of just life in general, whether that's like clutter and things or people, which uh, Mm, is a huge, powerful, huge aspect of all of this. (laughs) Yeah. Or simple things like whatever's on your desk. Yeah, totes. It's so funny because if you, um, sometimes people that aren't meant to be in your life will be forced out of your life. Someone else's hand will force it. Mm. You know, that could be a breakup. That could be an ex. That could be an old boss. could be an old friend. Um, And you can't think that everything is working against you. Sometimes things are working for you and it's a gift and you really have to be open-minded about the possibility that maybe your life is better off without certain people that are taking you down with them. Totally. Did you ever have like an aha moment when you realized you weren't practicing self-way the really like the way you really needed to? I think one of the greatest aha moments for me was when I wrote five books on eating well and self-care. And when I was approached to really start going towards my Japanese heritage, I fought it. And the more I studied on kintsugi and wabi-sabi, which are the practices of golden repair and knowing that everything is perfectly imperfect, I noticed that that is more representative of who I am than just basic clean eating. Mm. So my aha moment was after a breakup, after I had massive depression from the breakup in New York City, after traveling through Japan, holding my bachan's hand while she was passing away in the hospital in Kyushu in southern Japan, and watching the rain with my mother who was grieving, and my ex-boyfriend at the time, boyfriend, um, was one of, he did an extremely poor job, I'll say this, of consoling me through Mm. a time of grievance. So... There were many years where we watched her pass, and when she did, um, it was right around the time where he had abruptly left me with a 30-minute notice to another country, and it was the day before my book, Clean Green Eats, launched at the Deepak Shopper Center in New York City. Oh, my god! So I had virtually, like, eight hours between the time he had left me and gone to the airport and ostracized me from our lives, we live together and everything. What a jerk. I know. <laughs> what a douche. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, but see what I mean? I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. I did, let him go, you know? So I, I put my, um, I think the Japanese term of Kaizen continuously improving and Gaman being of great resilience was inside of me already. And I had forced myself to put my makeup on and my blue dress and get my heels on and go speak in front of 200 people eight hours after he had left. And we had dated for years. We lived together. We had a cat together. It was um, a profound moment in my life that I look back on and say, you are graceful, you are kind, you are humbled. And if you can get through this, then every other girl out there can get back up and find their aha even in their darkest of times. 
It wasn't until I saw who I really was when I was broken mm. that I realized that writing about the Japanese practice of golden repair, in being perfectly imperfect, all of these things were much more meaningful and deep. Whereas everybody else who is basic, take the clean eating route from me, go for it. But I have a deeper, more profound and meaningful story to tell. And actually, everybody does. Exactly. Everybody does. And that's so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. I know our listeners right now are sending you a huge hug like I am. (laughs) And not just for sharing that, but just letting us know and helping us remember, like, you know, everyone has gone through something that has made us feel this way and just how beautiful you can become when you get out of it and the incredible benefits to focusing more on loving yourself and taking care of yourself and how that really just makes you the absolute best version of who you know you can be. Totally. And we use the term kintsugi as a metaphor. It's the practice mm. of thousands of years ago in Japan when an object of that was very special broke. It could be plate or a cup, a bowl. Um, a kintsugi artist would put it back together with a lacquer and real gold powder. The object would then be foreseen as artwork, more special, more beautiful with its golden cracks. And that is a metaphor Uh, to you after you do the work and the self-care and the self-love. Oh, my gosh. That just gave me, like, chills down my spine. (laughs) And I don't want to, like, I just want to end on that note because it was just so perfect. It was exactly uh, what we needed to hear. And for our listeners who are on the go right now, I hope you spend the rest of your day uh, just basking in the amazingness that is you amazingness i'm like stumbling on my words because i'm just so in awe right now uh and stay tuned (laughs) for the next episode we will be talking to candace again for more information on Candice Kumai, you can check her out on Twitter and Instagram at Candice Kumai. Kumai is spelled K-U-M-A-I or on her website, CandiceKumai.com. And if you want to stay connected with me, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Noor, N-O-O-R, and Twitter at N-Tagori, N-T-A-G-O-U-R-I. Can't wait to connect. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of In Progress presented by Girlboss Radio in partnership with Toomey. Be sure to tune in to the next episode to hear more from the brightest minds out there, all bringing the real talk to navigating your life and career so you can really take flight. Because, yep, you already know it's a work in progress. And be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the 10 episodes.